0: You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Buri and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. What is up, Sea of Red? Raja here. We're just going to give a little quick trade analysis video talking about the whole Nikita Zdorov situation. Now I'm gonna set the scene. We're gonna go about this a little differently. After the Toronto game, Nikita requests a trade through his agent, Dan Milstein, says he no longer wants to be in Calgary. And his agent, who is very good at being an agent, you know, I'd want an agent that would gas me up the way that he gasses up Nikita. He quote unquote cited that the best defenseman was not getting enough ice time. Through that stir and commotion, Nikita Zadorov formally filed a trade request or did he because the organization management and his teammates alike found out about his trade requests same way we all did social media and to me that's a load of bullshit to not go to the team and say hey I want out pretty shameful to do it in that fashion I have been a big fan of Nikita in his time here if you guys listen to Noah and I, you know that we've always been very fond of him and that he's been a favorite of ours. But I've never really saw him as anything more than a third pairing defenseman. He was also the pending UFA with the least amount of value. You can be absolutely happy that this team is selling and that they recognize, you know, the situation that they're in and be upset at the return. I'm not coming at anyone for believing that this is underwhelming because to me, I think it is underwhelming, but I also think that circumstances are what reinforce the logic behind it being underwhelming. If that makes sense, I'll get into it. So Nikita Zadorov gets traded to the Vancouver Canucks for a 2026 third round pick and a 2024 fifth round pick, which is actually Chicago's pick. Let's be realistic here. That pick, basically a late fourth rounder. So let's compare this to past deals, shall we? Nikita Zadorov, in my eyes, is a third pairing guy. His AAV, is a huge, huge reason why this trade was made now and not at the trade deadline. I'm also very glad that the Calgary Flames did not retain salary here. Why? Because teams can only carry a maximum of three retained salaries at a time. It's three and three only. And looking at our scenario, who are the three that you should be retaining on so that you double down on the maximum amount of value that you can get per player? Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev. Those are your three most valuable assets. Those are the three guys that you retain on. Those are the three guys that you double down on. I'm very glad that the Flames did not retain on Nikita Zadorov and use up one of their three slots on him. Let's compare it to past deals. Luke Shen, he went for a third round pick at last year's trade deadline. Joel Edmondson, he went for a third and a seventh. So it's not out of reach to think that Nikita Zadorov going for a third and a fifth is not market precedent. It's just frustrating that the handcuffing that him and Milstein placed on the organization to basically force their hand to get this deal done is, in my opinion, what you know devalued the return that we could have got. I want to quickly point out Darren Dreger's tweet from last night. He said that a number of teams expressed interest in Zadorov. They all needed Calgary to retain, and the Flames weren't interested in doing that. Perhaps waiting longer could have driven the return up to a second, but cap flexibility is valuable as well. I'm going to quickly touch on Conroy's comments here on Julian McKenzie's latest article that broke down this deal over on The Athletic. He said, I have a plan, the same plan that I've had. Everybody wants to know the plan, but I think just as it unfolds, it'll become more apparent. This was just one thing we needed to do to make us better moving forward. He also said that this was a fair deal in his eyes. To be able to have them take all the money and not have to retain any money and get two picks, it really frees up an opportunity for one of our young players that we're high on that we believe can come in and kill penalties and play in that spot. And as of this morning, we know that that kid is Ilya Solovyov. The hardest thing for me right now is to have some room under the cap to call up a player if I want to call up a player. If I want to make a deal, if I want to add a player, I just didn't have any kind of room to do anything. It was tight. I do think to get a couple assets to free up that cap space. To let me be able to do more things, it just makes my job a lot easier. My final verdict on the deal. I'm fine with it. I don't like it. I don't hate it. I'm fine with it. I'm okay with what we received based on the past history of return for a similar asset. I'm seeing a lot of discourse of fans saying that Conroy's gone now 0 for 2 on trades. I still believe that this deal is better than the Toffoli deal, I think by by far. Um, here it actually feels like you're getting market precedence for a guy that's a third-pairing defenseman just based on past acquisition cost. Whereas the Toffoli deal, you needed a first-rounder. You needed one. It didn't matter whether it was in last summer's draft or in this coming summer's draft. You needed a first-rounder. Dan Milstein, in my opinion, handcuffed everyone in this scenario. But what also happened since that trade request? Zdorov's play dipped. By the game, he looked like he was less interested in wanting to be here. How do you think that's going to affect the locker room? Clearly, to me, this felt like, you know what? We're just going to make this deal happen now. We don't want to retain salary. Again, we don't want to use one of our three only slots when we have our top three most valuable pieces likely going to be available by March. And Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, and Chris Tanev. Those are your three most valuable UFAs. Those are the guys that you double down on. Those are the guys that you maximize your return on. Those are the guys that you retain on. Vancouver Canucks, the second they made that Anthony Beauvillier deal and freed up that money, I had a feeling we were sending Zadorov to Vancouver. And it feels weird trading with a divisional rival, especially when his first game against his former team is tomorrow night when we host the Vancouver Canucks at the Saddledome. I just think the entire situation has been forced and circumstantial. I'm not going to sit and pretend that I like or hate the return. It's really just okay to me. I understand the logic behind it. I'm glad the Flames didn't waste a retention slot on Nikita Zadorov. They were able to get market precedence, in my opinion, for a third-pairing defenseman. Just looking at what Luke Shen and Joel Edmondson went for at last year's trade deadline, I'm okay with what we received based on the past history of return for a similar asset. Another little bit of positive news is Oliver Shillington is skating again. That's great news to hear. Let me know what you guys think about the deal. Are you underwhelmed? Are you okay with it like I am? Where are you standing on the spectrum? I think Conroy's tenure is going to be defined by the Lindholm, Hannafin, and Tannen deals. You don't get a first-round pick. For all three of those guys in return, you're doing something wrong. That's just my view. I'm not going to sit and blow my wad on a third-pairing defenseman who did not want to be here. Best of luck to Nikita. Thank you for your service. Two and a half years of fun hockey, watching you lay the body and you know be a voice in our locker room. That's basically my verdict with the deal. So thank you for listening, everyone. Let me know what you think of the trade. Go Flames, go. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a guy who likes looking at team total goals, tomorrow night, Calgary Flames at over 4.5. Those odds are at plus 240. Anyways, download the app now and use the code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 HOPENY or text HOPENY at 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, you must be 21 years of age or older, and age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved.